Hi, this is the Twins Insider Podcast. I am Michael Rand, Lavelle E. Neal III, joining me as well. Lavelle covered a good share of the last homestand, um, a messy uh, in some ways, but ultimately successful, I would say, 5-2 and two homestand. The Twins are four games up going into this last week, six to play, feeling good about a magic number of three, I would imagine. I mean, every day... At this point, right, that they wind, that they wake up, and the uh, the lead is still the same. Uh, that that's good math for them, right? Absolutely. So as long as they maintain, it's it's like um, it's like if you're playing poker, you just get blinded out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you know, you are just running low on chips, and yep. and Cleveland wishes they could go all in and make up three games in one day, but they can't. So um, you just gotta wait it out now and uh, just. Try to win that day and take care of business on your own. Well, let's let's start with, you know, as our thoughts turn a little bit more towards the postseason, I think the Twins won't officially allow that to creep in until they've clinched, uh, which should happen sometime in the next three to four days, you would think. Um, you're writing for, you know, Tuesday's paper, it will be online a little bit later today, about the bullpen and how, boy, you know, I mean— the best laid plans of this bullpen at the beginning of the year looked a lot different from what it <laughs> is right now, uh, which is an understatement. Um, and also, you know, basically what uh, seemed like a deficiency or at least the biggest question mark for this team, you know, two months ago has suddenly became, you know, something of a of a strength or, or at least something that they might, you know, be leaning on more uh, if and when they get to the postseason. So, I mean, from you, you've, you've kind of covered this, obviously, start to finish. What, you know, how do you kind of rate the, the changes that have happened uh, and, and the effects that they've had with the bullpen? Well, I, looking back on it, and it, I, I, maybe we just took it lightly, the purge they had made in July. <laughs> right. We got rid of some guys because they started the season with Blake Parker as the, the late-inning guy, and they didn't call him, like, the closer, but mm-hmm. he closed a bunch early on. Yeah, he did. And then, and um, then you had uh, Alberto Mejia was in the bullpen, supposed to be like a left-hander who could also go deep, you know, uh, be a, like a long reliever. Uh, Ryan Harper made the team out of the uh, camp. Yeah. I guess the surprising thing was is that Duffy got cut from camp. Yeah. And Fernando Romero, who I think everybody figured that he was going to be in the bullpen and be the closer in waiting, was just horrific in spring training. And uh, it had to start the season in Rochester. So um, the bullpen, and then um, they had, I think Matt McGill was on the DL, and he got added, you know, early in April to the mix. Yeah. And then Mike Marin was called up from yeah. Rochester. So they went with that group for a while, and they just weren't getting the results. They were blowing leads, and, and it was just hard for them to match up with hitters. You know, as, as much as you, you, you hate to uh, admit it, but you got to have – some swing and miss ability out of your bullpen. Sure. Not not everybody has to be that way. You can no. get away with a couple finesse guys, but when you're throwing Morin and you're throwing Parker and you're throwing uh, uh, well, McGill could throw Harvey and know it was going. <laughs> right, right. You had three Ryan Harper called up and he throws like eighty nine mile an hour fastballs. Right. You know, it's nothing that a hitter's got to gear up for, and I I think that was part of the problem. Throwing strikes was the other. But when they, they in the span of like three weeks, they designated uh, Mejia, Morin, McGill, and Parker. Yeah. Uh, and then went and just decided to go a different route. The thing uh, that 
was surprising about this was that uh, during that time, Trevor May and, and Tyler Duffy, you know, Duffy had been called up by then. They had continued to tinker with their mechanics and continued to sure. pick, tinker with pitch sequencing and what pitches to use and what situations. And they both kind of made a jump up. I think Duffy popped up and started hitting 97 on the gun, which was eye-opening. And May, you know, got up to 98. He threw that one pitch, 99.8, which he claims is 100, but <laughs> really isn't. You know, and uh, in addition to that, May's throwing a changeup and he's throwing a slider. Yeah. So these guys kept kind of working on their craft and working with the coaching staff to perfect their game. And those two guys, particularly, the, the jump up they've made yeah. during the second half has been huge for that bullpen. Uh, and then adding a veteran named Sergio Romo to the mix, he, he kind of throws that Frisbee slider. I call it the box-to-box slider because it goes from the <laughs> one batter's yeah. box to the other, <laughs> you know. Um, uh he come in and be crafty in the seventh or eighth inning. It's too bad the Sam Dyson situation right. is where it's at right now, or he'd be another guy who could throw in the mid nineties in there as well. Um, but you know, as we wind down the season here, you're thinking if a twin starter can just pitch into the sixth inning, okay, let's not, you know, say get through six, maybe he can go five and a third. That's the average major league start. If we go right. baseball reference, the average start is five and a third innings. Yeah. If, you, if it's twin starter, it gives them an average start. And that you leave six, seven, eight, nine. You leave um, ten outs to get, or yeah. something like ten 